no matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. And we're back. Another episode of the Stereo Bros Podcast. It's your boy, PNL, aka Fiscally Conservative. Who else we got here? <laughs> greetings, 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 ladies and gentlemen. It is Hat Shep Soot. Nice to see you all again. Yes. Hi, guys. It's Jazzy. There we go. There we go. It was episode 61, the Roger Maris episode. Um, a lot going on. First of all, episode 60. You know, we talked about bonnets and that that thing that went viral. That was our most streamed episode ever. If you haven't heard it, go tap in. Thousands listened, which I'm not okay. surprised, but we appreciate all the support. That that thing went viral. I seen a, a few people with uh, bonnets on the street looking at me crazy because I was wearing my Stereo Bros dad hat, which are also on sale right now at StereoBros.com forward slash shop. But uh, yeah, man, I think we got to jump right into this election recap because... Friends of the show um, had some very strong showings. Shout out to Shayasi on his um, projected win. Um, some of the other people's like Edwin Raymond, unfortunately, and John Sanchez didn't get the support they, they rightfully deserved, um, which sucks because I actually ran into Edwin Raymond on the street. And he was everything that he says he is. That's exactly who he is. Like he's a solid dude. Um, so I'm disappointed in a lot of the results because I, I keep seeing a lot of bottles of Casamigos <laughs> and Don Julio being popped, but I don't see the money being put into things that's going to help us as a people and as a community. And I think that even with the mayoral spot, I'm happy that Wiley got you know the support that she got. And for a while I was team Eric Adams and you know I'm no longer, but um I was disappointed in a lot of things, but I was also uh, encouraged by some other things. Another thing I want to say, too, that is trash about the city election system is that I'm working families party. But if I register as working families party, I can't vote in any primaries. Mm. So I get an issue every time I try to actually vote in primaries. So I found out I have to actually register as a Democrat and then vote that way and then in the later part of the election like in the fall then i can actually vote as working family parties which is a minor excuse me it's a major inconvenience but um you know these are my first word problems and i'll uh let you folks chime in i i i agree with you i mean of course the numbers are always so dismal when they do the, these district races city races i think only like seven thousand people in my district voted um which is not okay yeah in my district yeah seven thousand for like the um for the city council candidate but again what i liked about this election that was that there was like such a diverse 
row of candidates. I think a lot of times we see the establishment, you know, the democratic establishment and who they want to put forward. And then like that one lonely person that says, I'm going to challenge that. <laughs> and, you know, we saw, I mean, at least in my district, it was the old guard, the new guard, people you never heard from that actually do community work, which I think it's important for them to have a face to people that are actually on the ground and doing things, not, you know, in an office, you know, advocating and saying things, but actually on the ground doing like grassroots work. So that I was happy to see that. And I, I, I hope it encourages more people to get out there and do that and to also feel like they have a chance at beating the establishment. You know, every time an AOC or a Chio say or someone else come and like beats that person, it keeps them on their toes if none if nothing else, you know? For sure. Um, I typically I feel like I've taken a lot of time to um how do I put this? Like I just haven't been so motivated to to participate in the election process in some time. And I haven't hid that from anybody, but um, you know, this time is a little bit different. I did know one candidate personally that I um, I supported heavily, not just in this campaign, but in a prior campaign, her first campaign to get elected to the bench. And she didn't win in this, this particular case. She ran for uh, Kings County surrogates court judge and uh, didn't pull out. And I, I don't know, I think um, just being able to see some of the tactics that are used in actual campaigning, because if you're involved, um, because sometimes, well, let me say this, I know that sometimes I can seem a bit pessimistic as it relates to the electoral process and, you know, politics in general. And I don't mean to kill hope. I just have seen how things actually can get down. And it's at the local level, it's savage almost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you, you lose a lot of hope mm -hmm. in the same system you're telling people to participate in, you know, especially when it continues to produce so much of the same. And it's like, this is what that election felt like. You know what I mean? At one point, I think I was an Eric Adams like advocate and I'm hoping that he, you know, rises to the occasion and does what's good for the city. But like, you know, I've just, I've just seen things that have shown me that it's going to, it might end up looking a lot like what we already have, if not worse. And, you know, to watch us, to, to watch us almost willfully participate in not even challenging some of this shit gets really hard for me to witness. And so, um, you know, so for me, I've always kind of just been like, I'm, I got to pull myself out of it. I can't at least have it on my hands, mm -hmm. you know, but like, you know, I wish it would have went differently for so many others. I shout out to Paperboy Prince, mm -hmm. who also ran. Fifth ranked he, person. Okay, because I, I definitely, I definitely voted for him. <laughs> Just because I respected that he put Paperboy Prince on the fucking ballot. Yeah. <laughs> And I really respected that. And I was like, you know what? This is one for you. Um, Maya Wiley too. Um, but um, you know, I I I like any other person who is from this great city that is New York City, the greatest city in the world, you know, like I want what works for us. And after this election, I'm not sure that we're coming out 
we're going to come out with that, but I'm keeping hope alive. If the Knicks can make it and the, and the, the Nets can make it to the playoffs at the same damn time, maybe so this will talked about like the electoral process and like not having faith in it. I think we had spoke about this last time or like about it being a, a, a confluence of things that need to happen. You yeah. need to have the, the politics, but also the people that are on the ground, right? You know, that are actually affecting people, and you know, a little bit of celebrity and a little bit of media to, to throw in there. It's a confluence of all these things mm-hmm. that I feel like really affects change. And you know, if you're doing something, do something, right? You know, like, you know if you don't, if you hate it and you want to put your energy into doing a, a, you know, the, I love the fridge, the fridge is that happen. And I don't know if other people, if you guys have seen it, but they do like the, um, what do you call it? Mutual aid and, mm-hmm. and, and, and they do the community fridges where you can put food yeah. like that, literally putting food into people's mouth. You yeah. are helping someone live and alleviating some stress on them do that. You know what I right. mean? Like, it, you know, just do something. Right. <laughs> right. A lot of people tend to feel like, and that's what put me in community. That's what actually has kept me in community development for so long because that it was never my, and it was never a career goal of mine to work in this field. You know what I mean? But like once I got here and realized how many people felt like actually doing things that affect your neighborhood were so out of touch or out of reach, you know, when I realized how accessible it was to me, I'm like, well, I know who I am and I know what I want to see. So whenever some agency taps me for something, I'm going to tap somebody black. I'm going to tap somebody I know. You know what I mean? And that's all I do. And and it's, it gives me life to know that people are being positioned, you know, to either in these spaces or to um even bigger, they're able to affect the the, the culture of their community. Like that's some that's some real shit to get the street closed on your block and have your business selling to your people. Right. You know what I mean? And have say in who comes in. Like that's huge. And that's all we've been fighting for. And I just feel like, you know, politics often where they go wrong and where they have been going wrong is this this they've sold us the idea that they actually get most of the work done. It's not them. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're really looking at project managers looking to be lead project managers. <laughs> yeah. no, okay, that's but so that's true. not where the work is happening. You know, so I just, ugh, I'm getting off the soapbox. You, no, you that's guys. so true. And I think everything that you guys are saying are like, you know, part of my thoughts too, because even like that, that city council seat that Edwin Raymond ran for, it was like a crowded ballot. Mad people were going for that same slot. And you realize that you know, there's people that they do not care about the community. They care about creating a life for themselves on the, like, based on the fact that most people in the community got the blinders on and don't understand, like, how important civic engagement is. And it's frustrating because when I go vote, I don't see a lot of people like me. And even when I was trying to vote, the poll worker there, like, I know most of the poll workers, but, like, the the site coordinator or whoever she was, was trying to talk to me crazy. Like, mm-hmm. basically, I had to do an affidavit ballot. And she was like, um, make sure you read both sides. Okay? I'm like, listen, bro. I said, bro, I got it. I got it, bro. And then it was it was small things. It's like, she looked over the ballot. And she was like, um, no apartment number? I said, no, if there was an apartment number, I would have put one. 
right? But I felt like she was being like condescending. And I know uh, my, my personality, I get very defensive if I feel like you're trying to trying to play me or you think you got something over me. Like admittedly, so I, I already the micro, admit that. The microaggressions. It's the microaggressions. So, and then, you know, they couldn't find my, it was all these things going on. And, you know, these are barriers, right? Because if I had to get to work for nine o'clock, I'd have said, you know what, never mind. Right. And I think, you know, these barriers are in place to, in a lot of ways, discourage people. And I think that um, 7,000 people, you know, pulling up, 5,000 people who showing up out of like 50,000 out of 100,000 is terrible because then those are the same ones that, that'll say there's no affordable housing or there's no this or there's no that. And surrogate court judge in particular is a very important one because when somebody you love dies, that's who handles your estate. And when yeah. there's all these estate battles and custody battles and things like that, money. that court- it's Money. It's mo- and right. then money. All the money is money. Go through there. <laughs> wills, money. you know, yeah. wills, wills get probated through there. So the fact that, you know, there's a lot going on in that court that people need to read up on because, again, I think so many of us have these blinders on and they're worried about a hot girl or a city boy, mm-hmm. summer, and all those type of nonsense. And I'm like, yo, there's a whole world that thrives on you being apathetic. You have the blinders on and you think that, you know, things are sweet because you can afford to buy, you know, whatever liquor the rappers are telling you to drink and you can buy, like, the latest drip. But there's people that are that are walking past you every day that are doing the exact opposite and they're creating generational wealth and they are using the system for their benefit. Mm -hmm. So you either part of the system being used, you either a cog in a machine or you are somebody pulling the levers. And I'd rather be somebody pulling the levers than be somebody, you know, being, you know, pushed around and eventually pushed into prison to eat, you know, jello and whatnot. Mm. Um, And... (laughs) <laughs> Not Jello. Jello, Jello pudding pie. Nah. Um, Gosh. We know now that uh, as of this week, as of the time of this recording, um, the former ghost dad Bill Cosby has been released from the state penitentiary. One of my favorite movies. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Was a good movie. Listen, I, I grew up. I grew up wanting to be. Bill Cosby as a dad, and I don't think I'm that, but uh, you know, I think that. So, for those that haven't been keeping up, Bill Cosby was released on a technicality in his case. They basically said that the prosecutors that had the evidence about him that he admitted to drugging women were never supposed to actually file a case. So, because of that, they threw out the case on a technicality. He was also up for parole. It was about to be denied or was denied because he wasn't doing any sex offender programs while he was in prison. And he was telling people he was ready to do the whole 10 years that he was given, but he's been released. And Felicia Rashad, my my former ex-wife in my mind, um, (laughs) (laughs) she basically came out and said, you know, she's happy and people have been happy that he's been home. And then I've seen it on the other side of that. People say, oh, he's He's so rapey and it's in the third. Only thing I'll say about this is I'm not going to get into the facts of the case because the facts of the case are the facts of the case, right? But I think that the fact that he was able to basically buy his freedom because the judges in PA are elected. So I'm of the belief that he basically got the right judges on on the right court to make the right call to get him out. But I also think that, you know, people 
when you're outraged by these kind of things, you have to realize that this system is predicated off of who you know and how much you have and what you're willing to pay. Because Meek Mill was able to buy his freedom. Um, you know, there's people like Tupac, right? He was locked up. He was able to get an appeal bill, right? You know, people get locked up, but um, when you have the right amount of money and influence, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you were able to overcome the system. And that's what the system is, is built off of, right? Like, you can't name too many rich people that actually get the book thrown at them. Like, even OJ, right, for the things he's done, he's a free man, right? White or black, I think that sometimes people want to cry foul and be social justice warriors instead of actually like asking themselves, you know, is this the system working the way it's supposed to, or is this something else? And they also forget that in the situation with Bill Cosby, you know, they waited until a few days before the statute of limitations was about to expire to file it. They had years and they knew this information. So I think there's holes in the story that you have to acknowledge and you can definitely acknowledge that sexual assault is trash. We say all the time, no box stealing, right? So I'm not ever going to advocate for anybody stealing box, right? I don't even advocate for women stealing sausages. Like just like that's no, that's weird as fuck too. Yeah, like like people who have autonomy over their bodies, right? Yeah, no, like that's trash. Ladies, if you're doing that shit, cut that shit out. That's nuts. No sex theft, right? But um <laughs> fucking nuts. Right, like. That's my my thoughts on that. I think that we got to just, you know, say it for what it is. Like, son is right. OD rich. Okay, right. Exactly. And my thing is, like, you can be rich and you can be a rapist and these things can happen at the same time. Like, the, oh, you see, he's been released. That means he's innocent. Oh, we knew it was going to happen. We knew he was going to. Like, this does not change the fact that 60 different women came forward. He himself spoke about drugging or at least giving drugs to women and having sex with them and not knowing whether or not they'd given consent he admitted to this in his own words so like for me it's kind of like just come out go be quiet in a corner somewhere do not do nobody's media tour i don't want to see bill cosby i don't want none of these people putting him on abc nbc nobody wants to hear bet BET, whoever, you got out, go sit down and repent, you know? And yes, maybe he did want to buy an NBC radio station or uh, NBC station. Maybe that is what tipped them off to bring him down. But at the end of the day, he is still an accused rapist by several people. Maybe 20 or 30 out of these people might be lying. Janice Dickinson, he ain't touching her. Janice Dickinson is lying. Janice Dickinson is lying. (laughs) She's lying? She hit. She hit. (laughs) I'm just saying. The numbers, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. I don't know. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, admittedly, I'm kind of relieved that he's out of jail, to be honest. Um, I... I'm not saying that he that I don't think he assaulted women. You know, I feel like a lot of people they they want some people assume because you're relieved to see him an old black like I mean whether you want to call Bill Cosby a legend or not, you know, after these things is up to you. But he gave us legendary things for sure, for sure. So it's hard to see someone who gave us legendary things, you know, kind of be you know 
paraded in the media like he was when there were other people who did just as bad and they they didn't receive such highlights. So for me, I'm kind of excited that he's like not in that that uh uh not in prison. But I also recognize that like that doesn't mean that he didn't assault women. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like I I don't know how to make other people feel okay with that. I mean, I guess that's just not my job. But it's like, I'm happy that there's not this old ass black man in jail. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I don't, not that not, and I don't think that our legal system is like infallible, right? Like, I think sometimes people do, there are miscarriages of like the process. I don't know, you guys are the lawyers. You know what I mean? Sometimes people fuck up. And so I don't know if maybe this was that or if it was actually him paying it off. The truth is, all of that shit could be true. But like, I don't, I just don't focus on trying to figure out or argue over which one is. I'm, I just know what I know. I'm just happy that this, that I'm not looking at this old ass man in jail with a new mugshot every six months that they think the public wants that we don't, you know what I mean? And, and then also that, that these women still might still do deserve justice. I think I could, believe in both I mean I don't know if that answers anyone's questions but that's just genuinely how I feel on the matter that makes sense you gotta hold down your bro you know what I mean nah it's not it's not even holding down the bro like I don't maybe it's just me I I think I've just there's just a sensitivity to black men in in the legal in the throes of the prison system justice system that I kind of get a little sensitive about um, but you know, it does not, again, it doesn't mean that he wasn't out here, but 60 women, that's a lot of women. Like, you know what I mean? To assume that, that he, he's completely innocent here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't negate that. I just also, I'm like, all right, great. Well now what's next then? You know what I mean? Is there a new case? Is there a new, like, what, what is it? As long as this old ass blind man ain't sitting in somebody's like jail with a new mugshot in six months. I don't know. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think the only thing that would have made it more triumphant would have been him being released on Juneteenth or <laughs> like around Juneteenth. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, you know, we didn't do our Juneteenth toast this year, but happy bladed Juneteenth to everyone. Um, that was so nice during quarantine. Like, it was. I know. I know. Guys, we had our brunch series last year. I miss it. It was really cute. Personally, I think it was like the bee's knees. It kept some people going. I'm just saying. Yeah, it did. And I think we I got a do. lot of reviews. <laughs> Now we can definitely do in-person brunch at some point. Um, as long as people don't order well-done steaks, like I can't. The place we'll just has to be vegan friendly. Can I have some Brussels? Yes, absolutely, absolutely vegan friendly. Um, but no, no, it'll absolutely, it'll absolutely be vegan friendly. But I think you know, for Juneteenth, for me, the one thing that frustrated me is like we still don't have like an anti-lynching bill. We still don't have like federal civil rights legislation that's comprehensive enough to protect us and they're giving us holidays and shit like that but it's like that's empty if there's nothing protecting you know black men and women black boys and girls from being lynched there's still nothing protecting us from that right so i think i'm tired of being pacified i want something more actionable you know from 
Uh, this same man that said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't you ain't really African-American. Well, my, right. a lot of motherfuckers voted for you and you ain't done shit for a lot of African-Americans. So step up, you know, Joey. All right, guys. I mean, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> this is what I was talking about. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting for the feet to the fire. J- Joe ain't fucking cancel alone yet. Mm-hmm. His vice is out here fucking tripping over her words every time she gets a chance. She has made it clear she is not here for the browner American. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. Were y'all offended when she said don't come? Well, I thought that was kind of ridiculous of her. I mean, it's too soon for her to be in her in her boots like, don't come here. It's like, bitch, you just got here. You just got here. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't offended. It Um, it doesn't work for the whole immigrant story you was was doing before either. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's being herself again. She's being the law and order prosecutor. Right. You know, like, that's her thinking. And I think, you know, Black people are not a monolith, right? So every brown person is not going to be for the cause. It's not all going to be woke. Right. But that's the case. Don't pander, right? Like, don't... Don't pander and act like you are and do a bait and switch, right? And... Because all you're doing now is setting the stage for a very weird midterm election cycle and a very fractured election in 2024. Because if, if they don't knock shit out the park, you're going to see a lot of people that look like us voting for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's time that that Black voters start thinking about their pockets and their legacy and their things first. And exactly. that's what I meant when I said a couple episodes back that we need to start requesting to see some shit up front. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you want the vote and you want the Black community to get behind you, here are the list of demands. Right. Solve something on this motherfucking list. Right. Make, make hate crimes illegal against Black people. Like, how many times must we ask? Say that one more time. I said, make hate crimes against black people illegal. How often must we ask? No, I agree. And and I think that's why, you know, this whole argument about Democrat versus Republican, like, oh, listen, find somebody, as we said before, who's going to advance, you know, the right things that we need and push that shit forward. You know what I mean, all of this, um, the GOP doesn't care. Like in some ways they are dangerous in terms of who they put in like the Supreme court. Right. No, I agree. I think that it's about time to actually um, mobilize around economics because the economic power is going to bring the political power. Right. And I think that right now we're trying to fight too many uh, battles at the same time. And I think that the social aspect is important too, but I do think that, you know, socioeconomic progress can be made with the right candidate, right? And then it can't be, you know, the the establishment because a lot of them are so old, they don't care no more. All they care about is just protecting their little pocket. Right, and I think, you know, with the advent, not of the internet, but like with social media networks and just a more, a easier way for black people to be a collective, I think we're starting to see the effects of it. Like I read an article that was saying like 2020, there was like the highest number of black businesses started ever, um, and, or at least documented, uh, right? Um, but 
mean, with that, it comes like it's easier for me to just give my money to black people. Like I'm very, I'm very much on top of like, can I find someone that is black to do this service before I go elsewhere? And I feel like just even being able to ask that question and making it just a part of your daily life, it's, it's contributing to that, to that aspect. I feel like Juneteenth, what I, what I was upset at, okay, I have a Caribbean background. I think a lot of times we have emancipation days in the Caribbean and and things of that nature. But I will say I did not grow up knowing what Juneteenth was until I went to school upstate and and like Buffalo had a Juneteenth, um, a really big Juneteenth celebration. Rochester might have had a small one, but I know Buffalo, like they really did that shit, right? And I think it's important to be done. I don't white people celebrating Juneteenth because why (laughs) like I don't I didn't see the need to did we ask I mean I guess we did ask for it to be a national holiday and I do see the significance in it being acknowledged that and clearly in a time when people don't want to acknowledge critical race theory you know they are forced to take a day off in some instances not you know not everywhere but like many people were forced to take the day off for Juneteenth okay what's Juneteenth now you're gonna go and look it up and you're gonna be like oh so the slaves weren't free after the emancipation proclamation like now you're gonna learn how black people continue were disenfranchised and continue to be disenfranchised you know so I mean that's one aspect of it that I would say I appreciate. But I had a good black ass day on Juneteenth and I hope to keep that tradition going. Um I went to the layout uh in Fort Greene and I'm whoever organized that event, I don't even know who it is, but thank you to you because it was just a sea of black people that I hadn't seen, you know, like it was good to just be around happy black people and like it was good. Uh, nah. So what's what, what exactly is critical race theory? You're going to have to ask somebody much, much <laughs> well versed in it. However, it is the theory that uh, racism is not only embedded within, you know, people and in, in, in terms of like social construct, but it's embedded within systems and institutions. Um, and it's the study, I think it started in like law school and law classes where they broke down um, institutions and systems in which it can be directly traced to, you know, proactive um, and, and targeted ways to keep the Black race down or to exterminate them. Um, so Sounds about white. Sounds about yeah. white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, they act like they're really teaching these things to like kindergartners and (laughs) that's just not happening. So to be rallying uh, against this, you know, travesty about making kids racist is is very wild. Yeah, I think that's another area, you know, thinking about this actually gets me super annoyed because I feel like when you're an upwardly mobile, high value man or woman i think that you find you fight all these battles because it's like i right, you know you if you go into corporate america it's just like okay how much of yourself can you bring to the table right mm-hmm. and then you have to you know thrive and survive assuming you don't have any generational trauma any toxic family etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And then it's just like, all right, suppose you start a family, right? Where do you raise your kids? You know, do you bring them to the suburbs where people that don't that don't look like them may take out their microaggressions on them from a young age and socialize them to hate themselves, right? And then it's like, um, then you come back to your own neighborhoods and people are looking at you like, oh, this motherfucker think he all that, right? So it's just like, even if you want to live there, it's like, where can you actually live to be comfortable around your people? Like, I don't know if there's a safe place for an upwardly mobile black man or woman in the tri-state area. I know there's, there's places, you know, in the South and stuff like that, but I think it's safer in some ways as a poor black person than you are, like, you either got to be poor, black, or, like, come from, like, old money black, but if you upwardly mobile, I think you really have nowhere to live. Like, you really don't have, like, one, you get, you pay all the taxes, but then two, you don't even reap the benefits of that educationally or otherwise, and then you still have to figure out your identity and how much of the struggle you want to take on. So I think, you know, um, what if, what if, what about, I think, again, I, I definitely see everywhere you're coming from, but what if we actively pull our resources to have to, have space to. for the upwardly mobile, because I do believe there is a space in, in New York for, the upwardly mobile to stay but i think again like you said they need support systems because you're paying all this money into a school system that is not right for your kid to go into right Right. and so your resources are going there but you know you need to educate your kids or you know what i mean so i i see that but i do think that if there were like enclaves of people that came together to privately educate or to at least have a support system to that education, that public education. I feel like there would be more reason to stay or at least more resources for, you know, the upwardly mobile, you know? I I, uh, I totally agree. And I think where we differ sometimes too, and I was just talking to Sharkis Garvey about this, shout out to Shark, Shark Sims, but... <laughs> I when is shark coming back? We need shark- to, I didn't get to debate shark on the on the pod. I mean, I want at him. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, shark, you getting called out. Um, yes. <laughs> he will definitely pull up. But, you know, our last topic, which is kind of fits right into this, is just like how we react to, you know, stories of perceived slights and injustice, right? Now, Shakari Richardson, you know, just made the Olympic team young woman has overcome a lot and um, she failed a drug test, right? And there's people saying, <laughs> as, as <laughs> like people are saying she's being mistreated vis-a-vis Michael Phelps, right? And I think sometimes what annoys me with our people on social media is that we just, we look they for think. false... <laughs> Right. We look for false equivalencies. Right. So Michael Vick, I mean, pause, Michael Phelps, um, there's a picture of him smoking and he lost like a Kellogg's endorsement, maybe a few others. And he was suspended for like three months. But it happened. The picture came out or was found in the off season, in the off season. Right. So he didn't fail a drug test. It was a picture. It was more of a public image thing. It was a PR issue. She, during competition, failed the drug test. And now. The IOC 
still listing marijuana as an illegal drug is corny. But, you know, I see people saying, oh, if you're saying the rules are the rules then you're one of those local times, I'm like, no. The issue is that people get too emotional in their responses to issues and don't think through from a factual standpoint. Now, will I protest and advocate for her to be able to uh, compete? Absolutely. You know, she lost her mom and, you know, had issues and wanted to cope using marijuana. I don't, I don't have a, like, to be clear, I have no problem with what she did. My issue is more so that, and she owned it. She said, yo, I have up. I failed a drug test. It's more so people on social media saying, oh, um, we got to do better. And if you think that she wasn't in, like, shut up and just like actually ask yourself, like, at what point do we hold each other accountable? Because we still, as a people, are caught up in this reverence for um, basically doing things in the system that is not for us. And we still want to be able to like bend that system, knowing that we're going to get treated harsher and think that um, somehow, some way, it, it's always like us being done wrong. It's always us being done wrong. It's never us being accountable. And again, you can be objective and say, damn, like I'm rooting for her. I love her story. That's unfortunate. But she fucked up. Mm-hmm. You can say that. <laughs> you can say that and still say that you're rooting for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... And with you, <laughs> I mean, it's the, the we all know that rules are not equally applied in this country in 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 the in in the workplace. Um, you know, as attorneys, I know, you know, we might forget about that rule for so and so. We might we we might turn a blind eye to certain things, nice. you know. And you know, I just think that. It's unfortunate. I think she's taking it in stride. I appreciate her reaction because what can you do but say I messed up and them them bitches better know whatever goal they get don't mean shit because my ass wasn't there. So that's all you really can say. But it's it's messed up on her part. She's young. Um, and I bet she won't do that again. Like <laughs> I hope she makes it back to wherever the next Olympics are. And, you know, but I'm not gonna, you know, I am upset over that swim cap thing. I don't know if you guys saw, but they banned this black owned Afro slap cap. I don't remember the name of the um, soul cap. I don't remember the name of the the company, but I believe some swimmers were using it for their hair and they've now banned it. That's trash. And that's racist. That's trash. Uh, yeah, I think I, I ditto all of the stuff that y'all have said about Shikari. Uh, it's really unfortunate because I really think that we, like, I'm saying we, not us on the, on the pod, but like, I really hate that we send such mixed signals about marijuana. It's literally being legalized everywhere. And this, and, and it's not a, a, a performance enhancing drug. So it's almost like, this girl smoked everybody with this in her system. <laughs> it's almost like it's, it know, probably slowed it down a little bit, it, it, right? And I, I kind of feel like you know, on top of that, you know, even though because you know, black people love punishment. We love to, we love law and order. We love to be like you, you know, you fucked up. You just you gotta lay in the bed, you, you know. And so I feel like I don't want us to also miss the fact that she lost her mom the week before, and a reporter like, you, at and. A reporter yeah. triggered her. Like, 
on some corny shit. And I just, and a reporter told her, basically all the sympathy you have for Vanessa Bryant, you should have for this girl. Because mm-hmm. nobody in her family even got a chance to tell her that this woman died. And then she had to compete for the Olympics. Like, you know, to, to qualify for the Olympics within a week. Now, I don't know who's lost who. Nah, and, yo. That's, but, and she's 21. She's not like a grown, she's young. She's young. Yeah. So, like, I, although I understand and I want to be like, yeah, you know, she fucked up next time. It's like, these circumstances were extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And with as much mixed messaging as we are sending about marijuana right now, I feel like we are in the perfect time to rewrite some shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's kind of like, damn, you know, I I, I feel it. The rule is the rule, but I but I totally like support her. And then it's just also kind of I'm conflating this with all with the way just these sports entities kind of manage our players and their emotional health in the first place. And now I'm thinking about Naomi and you know them wanting to find her, even though she was saying you know it's about mental health. I just it just all is feeling like kind of rotten to me, but um, but rules are rules. Yeah, man. And, I'm kind of sorry, guys, Steph. No, no, no. It's cool. It's, it's just rules are rules. You know, I guess uh, there's nothing else to say beyond that except you know, I still think it fucking sucks. <laughs> nah, it definitely yeah, it sucks. Does. It definitely does. Yeah. I'm tired of them talking about you know shut up and dribble and acting as if it. it you know, it, it goes back to the same thing. Like we're perceived to be able to take more pain and yeah. win. And I think it's part of part of us being conditioned to just be able to just endure, 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 especially black women. And that, you know, that has to stop. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think, you know, my words of wisdom for this week to kind of part with are um, trust the signs you see in people. You get what I'm saying? Like when you see them moving like a clown cake, you know, with sprinkles. <laughs> you know <laughs> live it accordingly you get what i'm saying like trust your instincts when it comes to people man because that's like what you don't want to do is to resent anybody so sometimes it's easier just to either be disrespectful to let them know that you was being respectful the whole time just to cut them off respectfully respectfully um dang you know i really I think my my words for the week, I I'm freestyling this because um I personally I felt really kind of like uh not so focused these past few days. Um I guess my words are that that feeling can still happen, even though outside is open. Um, you know, that there the sometimes some of the stuff we were experiencing, I guess, in quarantine, now that it's over, right? Like uh can still linger. Um, and they might show up and surprise you, even though you want to be outside and you want to, you know, I find that it, sometimes being in crowds kind of induces a little anxiety and stuff like that for me. So uh, I would just say, I guess this week that like, know that it's normal, know that there are, and there's at least one other person going through like the lag from this shit and it's your girl. <laughs> and like um, Yeah. And so like, yo, you know, just take your time. Like, be like beef up the self-care any way you can like i just bought some satin pillowcases just because just (laughs) like that might make my sleep better so i'm gonna spend on it you know and not to to spend frivolously but you know anything to kind of amplify whatever you're doing to take care of yourself so take care of yourself 
Um, I need some TV recommendations, guys. I've like fallen off and there's nothing that I haven't watched already during quarantine and I need mm. something new to watch. So I got you right now. All American. You watch All American. Is the new season Take Diggs? Yeah. The new season is up, Cleo? I'm on, I'm on season two right now. Oh, okay. All right. I'm watch that, but also I heard it was good. I was skeptical, but yeah, that's no, good. And then also um Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. If you're into that, it's about oh, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, go for it, go for it. I I don't have you watched legendary stuff? Yeah, all seasons. I am obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. It's amazing. What's that about? It is basically like a, a um American Idol pose. <laughs> like it's like it's, it's like a, a ballroom competition. And listen, Camp Cretaceous is about kids getting stuck on a on a Jurassic Park Excuse island. Uh, and no, also food that built America. Food that built America talks about legendary. I want you if I watch one of your shows, you watch one of mine. I don't watch that much TV. <laughs> Yes, yes. All right, so there as someone who has performed before, right? I feel like you would appreciate legendary just for sheer sportsmanship and showmanship because it is a amazing, amazing. It's a I'll give it a try, but you guys have to watch Food That Built America, which is a show that talks about the history of things like Nabisco, Hershey. It's actually pretty interesting. Okay, it, okay. It, it walks you through like you go. Nah, it's 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 really interesting because like for instance the national biscuit company or nabisco actually used to be the american biscuit company and back then they were trying to find ways to nationalize um basically things like soda crackers and basic snacks because back then they had issues around transporting things and if you got things at the bottom of the barrel, it was like moldy and full of ants and that kind of stuff. And that's where that saying came from, you know, bottom of the barrel, because it was so hard to transport baked goods and actually get them across the country. So they do like a bunch of cool things like the history of Nathan's and how um, dude name, I think his name was Nathan. What's his last name? I don't know what his last name was, but he revolutionized selling glizzies right like (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna watch legendary i I need you to watch watch uh who that built america um and jazzy do you have any parting words for these folk going going into this holiday weekend we celebrated our independence two weeks ago that's true there you go. <laughs> oh, birthday shot. My grandma turned 102 years old. Happy Shout out to Grandma. Shout out to Grandma. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so episode 61, we're gonna wrap there. You know, for those celebrating America's birthday, fellas, ease up on eating the glizzies on camera, chill out with all of that. Um <laughs> safe travels, drive safe. Don't go to a random barbecue. If they're doing a hookah and they got that spinny camera thing, be wary. Um, <laughs> shopping <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Who <laughs> slash shop? Um, and we out here over and out. No matter where we face, we must face a moment of truth, baby.